Welcome in to another episode of the Esports Network podcast, presented, of course, by Esports Network. I'm your host, Mitch Reams, and today I'm joined by Franco Rivas. We are talking about the 100 most influential people in esports. Franco is the founder of Weekly.gg, a website that just released a list titled exactly that, the 100 most influential people in esports. And so I wanted to have him on the podcast to talk about the list and how they made some of the choices, some of the cool inclusions. Franco, how are you doing today, man? I'm doing really well, man. Thanks for having me. This is great. Thank you for having me. We're on complete opposite time zones. I'm on the west coast (laughs) of the U.S., 8.15 for me. He is in Barcelona, Spain. It is 5.15 p.m. for him. So we are doing completely around-the-world podcasting right now. Doing some teamwork. So jumping right into the list, you sent me it uh, about a week ago, and I was going through it. Obviously, I'm very into this space, and I was reading through it. I was like, of course, yeah, it's a good list. But there were some people on it that I wasn't aware of, and I started reading up about them. And I actually ended up following maybe seven or eight people that I you know, didn't know or I, I didn't have their name attached to their title or something like that. And so even I being two years working in this space, like heavily, and there's still a bunch of people I didn't know on this list. So I found it a really useful resource. And I think every one of our listeners, if you're really interested in learning about who makes this space work, this list is a great place to start. Yeah, thanks, man. This is a, this was a very exciting project for us. Um, we, at the moment, for the last three, four months, when we launched Weekly GG, uh, we only had the newsletter because we are a newsletter-first esports media company. And we were excited to launch the original articles, right? And what we wanted to represent, it was for people, not only the veterans, but also the newcomers, to give them a space that they can actually learn from people that have had been in esports for so long, the pioneers and the leaders of our industry. Uh, so... I guess that what we wanted to do with this list is to represent kind of every type of area that you can find in in esports and the people that were influential in that area. So not only the team owners, but we wanted, you know, journalists, we wanted uh, investors, CEOs, um, commentators, hosts, photographers, everybody. So you can find a little piece of yourself in the industry and, and relate to it. Um, it was a long process, definitely. Uh, we had a lot of feedback, and uh, yeah, we're working on it. We're working on uh, make a couple of changes, adapt it, because this is an updatable research that we're trying to make. Yeah, definitely. I mean, when whenever you create a list like this, and it's not just names, it's also uh, biography for each of these people, social channels, whether it's Twitter, Twitch, yeah. YouTube, whatever they have. Their social channels are on there. So I can only imagine, you know, the amount of time to do all the research, to write all the different bios, to link all those different things for a hundred different people, much less choosing which hundred people you're going to feature. So I really appreciated the work that went into making this list. Thanks, man. It was, yeah, it was, a, it was extensive, but it was fun. The thing is that obviously people that just get into esports, uh, some of them are still comparing esports to, let's say, I don't know, uh, football or esports to tennis or whatever that's completely wrong they need to realize that esports is 
comparable to sports. So there's a lot, a lot of competitions inside esports, and all of them had a world of people inside. And, and obviously, we don't we don't have all the knowledge from all of the esports, right? So it was complicated to get into some scenes um, that we didn't know as much and trying to get the most influential people out of there. But but yeah, luckily enough, we treat this product as feedback product, right? So we we knew that a lot of people that are in the list were not as related at esports as people that has been for 20 years. Um, but we wanted to put them there so we can have instant feedback on people telling us which are the actual legends that should be here or the people that, you know, they deserve to to have the spot. Yeah, that's... That difference between the esports is something that I think a lot of people don't realize as they enter this industry. You, I think we both have dealt with it where somebody, like, I'm not very knowledgeable in the fighting game scene. I've watched some Smash Melee and stuff, but people come up to me like, you're in esports, you see this thing? I'm like, no. I, you, can't, you can't follow all the FPS titles, all the MOBA titles, Fortnite, all the Battle Royale titles. And all the fight, like you have to make some concessions. It's, but when people hear esports, they assume you know everything about all the different esports. And that's, you know, this list shows all the different people working in different areas and leading those areas right now. It's, it's one of my pet peeves as you compare it to traditional sports. You know, nobody'd ever go up to a basketball writer and be like, go cover the US Open <laughs> or something like that. It's, it's not it that's not what they do they don't know about that but in esports you're sort of expected to be able to cover almost every esport when asked yeah yeah we've been so it's at the beginning when we started with the newsletter this is a so on that front it was a little bit of a training that we had before the article with the newsletter our newsletter is covering pretty much everything that happened during the week in a concise short and curated email right every friday and what we do is that we apply a conversational tone, an informal and fun tone to it. And we're very open to tell you how much do we know in an area, how much we don't. And we're doing the same thing with this article. It's we are realistic of what we do and what we know. Uh, obviously, if we have six to five, I don't know. Yeah, I think it's like between five or seven streamers in this hundred, um, hundred people list. Out of those seven, probably one or two are actually influential in esports, right? The other ones are influential in gaming, and they're bringing people to learn about esports. That's the first focus we did on putting so many streamers into this list. But the feedback, it was like, let's just not put a lot of streamers. Let's put this, 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 and that in the list. So it was great because we had a conversation now out of something we didn't know um, with people that actually knew and his emails and talking through LinkedIn and talking through Twitter with people in the industry that are giving us great feedback about it. And it was all about opening up at the beginning from, look, we really don't know as much as we, uh, as we know about League of Legends. We don't know a lot about Dota, for example. And people from Dota, they have been helping us to improve the list. And we're going to have a second you know, update to the list this weekend. So I think it's going to be very exciting. Interesting. So that, that'll be great. And you mentioned this newsletter. I'm going to link uh, to that newsletter below so you can sign up for that and also link the article because we're going to be talking about some of the names on this list. But ultimately, I don't want to just recite 
100 different names without context for you, the list does that much better. So we're going to link that below and talk about a lot of the people named, but not just list 1 through 100 of all the people. You do mention streamers, and I, that's something I noticed as well. You go through, and there's obviously a lot of the major streamers have a background in esports. Ninja is a former Halo pro. Shroud, former CSGO pro. Uh, Courage was a former Call of Duty caster. So there's some tie-in to those. I think there were some streamers where it's like Dr. Disrespect is a good example, yeah. who very important in the gaming space he's a you know one of the more well-known people but i don't know if he has a big connection to esports he's more of an entertainer and what in his role in the in the industry yeah completely agree it's i think that those examples are dr respect disrespect or tifu or i don't know a recent um streamer called ewok these people are when we started with the list we did a little intro at the beginning saying like, look, this is the influential people that we have today recently in esports, right? So you can attach to it in the moment. You go to Twitter, you see them active right now. Um, that's the one point. And the second point is that I guess that we, when we incorporated Ninja or, or Courage, right? They, they are very attached to, to esports. They have always been. And they had fewer numbers in terms of viewership and in terms of onboarding people into gaming than others that we added to the list. That was our first thought. Obviously, it wasn't the correct one because it doesn't matter how many people you bring to gaming. Gaming is separated for esports at the end of the day and, and, and it's a completely different thing. So we, yeah, we are... But there is some... You know, your, your list is the most influential people in esports and I think yeah. it would be weird if streamers like that weren't as represented, because yes, it's gaming, but these people all play competitive games, which is the core of, like, Tifu. Tifu definitely feels like he deserves to be on. I mean, he qualified for the Fortnite World Cup, so not only was he the biggest channel on Twitch, he also was a fairly successful Fortnite player in competitive games, so I would definitely think he'd be on it. I actually really wanted to ask you about the inclusion of Ewok. So for people who aren't familiar, Ewok is... 13 or 14 year old deaf girl who is really good at Fortnite. Like she's really good at the game. Um, and she's very positive and she does a lot of, uh, she, she like signs to, to people and she was featured a lot at the Fortnite world cup as she sort of had this major rise over the last five months. I was curious why she ended up being included. She's not one of the biggest channels on Twitch, but she has one of the more interesting stories. And so I highlighted that name and I wanted to ask you about um, why you decided to put her on the list. Yeah, I, I, I had the same process of thinking in there. Is, um, I, because of incorporating people that are recently influential, I thought that when I discovered about Ewok and her story, I was like super happy to to know that there's a new, you know, section of people that maybe has been you know didn't have as many tools to get incorporated into esports or they thought they weren't and now this girl comes into the scene she has a ton of influence in it at the moment it's not at the same time fortnite it is competitive it is i consider it esport it has a lot of a lot to work on to to make it a proper esport so that's why everything related to fortnite a lot of people will be you know, a, a little bit skeptical skeptic, skeptic on it, 
But under my eyes, I think that this is a creative person with a creative story, an, an inspirational story. And, and I really wanted to give it a shot. I really want to put it there. And I, I thought she deserved it. And, and I think it keeps the ball rolling of conversations in terms of, wow, look at this person. It's bringing a new story into the scene. I, I agree. I totally agree. I think she's more influential because of those differences. You already have Ninja and Tifu represented and Courage and some of the other major Fortnite streamers. So she represents an entire community that previously was not represented exactly. in esports. And so that makes her very influential. So I really agreed with the selection, but I thought it was a unique one. I wanted to highlight it. Yeah. Um, also, Fortnite is an eSport. I absolutely agree with you. Uh, it's a poorly run eSport, but it is an eSport, and anybody that says differently is not paying attention. I mean, they, there's not that many definitions for what an eSport is. It's a competitive gaming with a structured competitive environment with money being awarded. That's it. Those are the only boxes you have to tick to be considered an eSport. And Fortnite definitely is that. Epic Games is just doesn't really care about the competitive integrity. It's not a fair esport. It's not a well-run esport. Uh, those are fair criticisms. But yeah, the people who say Fortnite isn't an esport are wrong. It, it is. I agree. 100%. Definitely. It's, uh, I, I think that it's just... Epic Games is just, at the end of the day, is young. And they have so, so much potential in creating incredible things the thing is that they have a very active current community of players that are you know coming from the streamer gaming side and they're trying to turn into into having pros and and, and actual esports competitions and they are in that limbo in the middle of deciding where to go or or which one is going to be their path into success because it's complicated to have both at the extreme level of success and i'm just excited i'm excited to see what they do excited to see how they change routes or how they keep but it's it's just interesting stuff at the end of the day for me and for a lot of people is it's definitely sports it's competition yeah it, it absolutely is and who knows how epic games uses this how they had their hands full over the last two years of trying to develop an esports scene while also keeping constantly changing and making sure that the you know, real cycle was each game had like six months to a year on top and it would go, and it was H1Z1, and then PUBG was the was the rapid thing, and then Fortnite came over, and Epic Games like, we want to have a run that's longer. When Apex comes out, we need to be able to stay and still be the top game. So the whole Epic Games, what they've had to do over the last few years has been crazy. Have they made a bunch of mistakes along the way? Absolutely they have. But Fortnite is arguably the most important game of the last year and the most important esport of the last year for all the different you know when mainstream news sites began talking about esports it was around the fortnite world cup that was the you know dota 2's ti had a higher prize pool but there was way more mainstream coverage of the fortnite world cup and so you know for better or for worse that's influential that carries a lot of weight in the esports community when cnn bbc uh, are talking about esports and it's about Fortnite. Yeah, I think that it's a Fortnite has been definitely a big funnel, you know, to new people discovering 
esports and it definitely gives a lot of negatives in terms of most of the time that they cover it, they cover it for the wrong reasons. They relate competitive gaming or gaming in general to to things that are not fair to compare with. Um, a lot of negatives, but there's a lot of positives too because there's a lot of people who have been waiting for the moment to discover people that are in love with the industry and they, t- and they tell me, look, there's a stadium that you can go and watch esports with you know, thousands of people that have the same passion and love for the game like, as you. And there's people like Ross Slasher, Ross Lau, that then go to talk with, you know, traditional media and they give them a, a good representation of, of our industry. So it's, it's an ask to find the right people to represent this outside, like Slasher, like Ninja. They're people that, you know, they know how to talk, they know how to, how to, how to show the example to the world in terms of what esports, you know, is and, and how the development is gonna is gonna get there? Yeah, Slasher's uh, commentary when Donald Trump was talking about violent video games was yeah very very impactful. You know, he Trump kicked off a whole news coverage about are video games too violent? Are they causing mass shootings? Spoiler: No, they aren't. Um, but Rod Slasher Breslau, who is one of the leading uh, gaming former former journalist, current journalist. I'm not sure. He's more of a commentator now. Love Slasher. Whatever work he's doing, it's good. And he went on to Fox News a couple times and was talking about, you know, this is the good side of it, which is it's mostly good and sort of deflecting the conversation. But he did it in a really professional way to help explain the the esports side. And, you know, that makes him incredibly influential as well. He's the gaming's voice on mainstream media when politicians come after gaming. So if that's Slasher's corner, that's a good corner to be on, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think he has... He doesn't have to go and, you know, anybody of esports needs to go and convince people outside, look, esports is good. It's nothing nothing wrong with it. It's not related to this or that. There's not... Like esports is working right now on its own. It's a it's an environment with people that actually know the benefits uh, of working in this industry and and developing in this industry. But at the end of the day, I'm pretty sure there's so many kids, there's so many people outside that they don't even know how how incredible this industry is, and they want to be part of it. So that's what I that's what I like to you know slasher going out or anybody any other consultant going out and and showing and showing a little bit of our industry to the people that might be interested in. Definitely. And that gets to a good point on the list. You know, you have a list of the 100 most influential people in esports, and maybe 10 or so are players. Like, I know Double Lift's on there, Faker's on there from League of Legends, uh, Stewie's on there from CSGO. There's, you know, how many players do you think are on the list? 10, 15? They, I don't think there's more than, I think it's tops 10. 10, yeah, 10. I think there's 10. Players. And I, I love that because it shows that, you know, just like in traditional sports, most people who end up working in this industry are not going to be players. And it shows for people that are really interested in this, okay, I don't have to play these games at the top level. I don't have to grind League of Legends for 11 hours a day. I could also be a journalist or a commentator or a photographer or a businessman or a businesswoman. And that's really an important lesson to younger kids who want to get involved in this space. Hey, the best 
way to actually crack into the space is not grinding the game itself. It's learning about the industry and becoming valuable in a different sector of that. Because you're gonna have a lot less competition if you want to become an esports journalist or if you want to go to your marketing pathway in college and be like, I want to do esports, that's going to be fresh. And you might be one of the few people doing that versus trying to be uh, the next Booga and win the Fortnite World Cup. So it's it's good to have lists like this to show, hey, the esports industry is massive and there's a lot of ways for you to get involved without necessarily just being a player. It's incredible, man. It's incredible how how the industry has been evolving into so many job opportunities for people. The thing about this industry is that it's such a, you know, because it's new and because it's something that is related to entertainment at the end of the day, everybody that is related to the, the to esports is very passionate about what they do. So if you go to an esports photographer and you talk to them, they're probably living the best time of their lives. They're taking pictures of moments that they enjoy doing and they love, been, love doing it since they're kids. And they pay, they pay them for that. They, they, they make them travel to different events around the world to take photos. Same with, same with videography. Same with you know, journalists. It's incredible. People are very passionate about it. The interesting side of it is that there's a, there's a lack of you know, financial stability in the industry in some sectors of it. So some of these people are struggling to get an incredible payment like other jobs will give you. This is, I'm generalizing this a little bit, but it's a situation. I've been in the industry working around and, and it's, it's a situation. So it's interesting. I think this is evolving and that's going to improve also with all these, you know, investments that we're seeing around the entire industry. I think that there's going to be more and more possibilities for people to get jobs. Yeah, I, I definitely agree. The, the monetary aspect is the one major drawback of it for sure it's you know esports is four years ago esports doesn't look like what it looks like right now and so there's a lot of money that's been ejected over the last even two to three years hundreds upon hundreds of millions of dollars through series a series b rounds and it's that money is coming in now but agreed there's still not enough for the photographers and the freelance journalists of the world. Uh, so that's it's something that's changing. So for people who get who are you know maybe graduating college right now or wanting to get involved in the industry right now, be aware that you're playing sort of a long game. Esports is going to be massive. It's not a question of if; it's a question of when, and so. Really getting into the industry now is placing a bet on the future of esports and trying to be on the cutting edge of it. Because once it does become massive, suddenly you're going to see a lot of competition for all those different roles. So this is the sort of time when you got to get in when the iron's hot. You can mold it a little bit. It might come with some um, some pay cuts, but then you know, at the end when it actually does blow up and it will blow up even more. It, it's weird. Like, you know what I mean? Where it's like it esports has blown up, but the growth we're going to see in the next 10 to 15 years is going to blow people out of the water. Yeah, I think that we're already, in the last year, we're already used to see titles of, oh, we broke this viewership, or we broke this tournament price, or we broke this and that. And yeah, it's definitely... 
it's not stopping. This is definitely not stopping. And I'm really looking for that. Which one is that next moment that we say again, oh man, now we actually made it. So it's kind of complicated, you know, like when, when Ninja made it to, to when he exploded outside the traditional media and now with the World Cup, you know, with the World Cup in Fortnite, it's, it happens and it happens again that the only way for he's supposed to get into traditional is through Fortnite or through like titles of price money, right? So the international made 33 million price points everywhere in traditional media. It's, I'm, I'm looking forward no matter how much, how much viewership or how much money, I'm looking forward to that moment where the world, you know, they realize about esports. We don't have to have a price tag into the title and clickbait it. I, I think it's gonna, it's gonna come soon. I'm just wondering when that it's gonna be. Yeah, I that that makes a lot of sense as well. It it is those massive prize pools that often attract uh, the mainstream coverage. So circling back over to the list, um, I wanted to talk to you about some of the honorable mentions. And, you know, with the list of 100 people, were there some people that you wanted to include on the list that maybe didn't quite make it? Say you had too many players, you're like, okay, we got to cut this guy or this girl or anybody else who was really close to making the list, but you ultimately had to put somebody else up there? Yeah, man, definitely. We had a, we had a lot of people in there, a lot of people. They were probably, up, we're going to update it also with some people that we had in mind. We just wanted to have it as a first draft, and like a rough draft, so, so we get the feedback, right? But we still have a lot of names. Like I'm a big fan of what Alvan, I don't, I don't know how to pronounce really well his his last name, I think he's French. So Alban Deschlorette or Deschollet, something like that. He is the head of partnerships for the LEC. Um, Alban has been bringing every single incredible partnership to the league. Um, such a such a you know crazy guy. It's a, it's it's just admirable. He he's putting the LEC to a level of production, a level of sponsorship that it's unprecedented. I think that I would love to include also maybe MK Leo from from Smash Brothers since there's not a lot of fighting community in there. Um, Sir Scott will be a good one. I want to put some maybe I thought about Uzi to have a little bit from you know a little spotlight from China mm-hmm. um, and League of Legends. So there, there, yeah, there's a lot of people, a lot of people in there. Um, Carmack from ESL, another legend. That's the other thing that, that we need to think about. There's obviously there's hundreds of people that you know that they built the story of esports and they're legends that you know that they're like the people that actually founded what we are able to work on it right now. But I didn't really want to do a list of people that started esports. I wanna I wanna have a list of people that are actually influencing the scene. Luckily, our vision for articles that we're going to make we're going to start making lists that are going to be original they're going to be covering the entire industry so we're going to have all the founders of esports in there we're going to have lists that are going to involve people that nobody actually knows but they're but they're really really influential to the scene and this is just a pile of, of what we're actually creating 
Yeah, do you have um like a guy I'm I'm thinking of some of the the old guys you really made that I call them old guys. They are old guys. Like Scott Smith, was he on the list? I can't remember. Sir Scoots. No, he's not. He will. Yeah. That that's who I was thinking when you talk about somebody who's you know, was so influential in the creation of esports, but who's you know, he's yeah. basically retired now. He's he's sort of taking a step back. He's holding a podcast. I know he's been working on some player unions and championing some of the causes for player unions in CSGO, which is very <laughs> admirable and important as well. That was one of the names I was thinking of, but it's like there's you know, it's what is this list? Is this the list of the one hundred most influential people of all time? Or the 100 most influential people right now, and it definitely feels like it's right now. That was the target, exactly. yeah. Exactly. Yes. Yeah, that's an interesting okay. distinction. A little bit where it's like, if somebody does something five years ago, is it still influential now? Do they still hold weight now? I don't know. It, it's hard to figure out. I mean, I guess there's also the problem where who are they influencing? Is you know the person who's the most influential to a 13 year old may be very different than the person who's most influential to a 25 year old business student. You know what I mean? Like there's a, who people get influence from is very yeah. wildly from person to person. Yeah. If we need to have a list of like, if we need to actually dissect what influential esports is, we probably need like 20 researchers that works actually in esports to figure out who are the, you know, the genuine influential people in there. So it's not, we're not going for that. We're not going for that specific and how many fans and how many people somebody brought or how many tournaments somebody built. It's more about what's happening right now. What's happening right now in esports. Somebody wants to, I don't know, get to know the world of team owners, esports. I'm not going to, I don't really want to mention right now the people that had teams back in, 2012 i want to have somebody that are actively building something incredible right now so they can see how it is and then later on we can have a section of you know of of the actual founders and and people that made the first work for everybody right now to succeed it because really we seems, are standing in, oh yeah i, I sorry, agree yeah. that it's important to uh to have a separation on that it seems like you've really hit a format that's been very popular i'm not sure how um popular this list was compared to your other content, but I saw on weekly it had over 2000 shares at the top. Is that, you know, where, where does this rank in terms of the, uh, the popularity of other articles on the site? We have, we have 2.7 K in, in shares of the, of the article. It was, we, the thing is that we really ask, we did, so the launch that we did for this article, it was related to a lot of feedback and a lot of talking to the community. So, it really gave us engagement and gave us a, a conversation to have. So we released it before having it live. We had it on Twitter. We had it on Reddit. We had it on LinkedIn. There was a lot of people talking about it, and they started the hype for that. And then we went for it, and it's still a wheel of up, of updates. So it's, it's, I guess that we're trying to make a format for everybody to be involved in it, to try to, try to leave their opinion and see what everybody thinks because somebody that plays League of Legends are not going to have the same opinion as somebody that plays CSGO. It's completely different. So we're trying to study and learn from them and improve the format. But I think that the format that we have at the moment, it's, it's been influential.
it works it works really well i'd be really interested you know one of the big uh issues of creating a list like this is the language barrier a little bit and you know i'd love to see a list that's similar to this from somebody who's really involved in uh, the esports scene in china or south korea because there's so many people that you know we don't know about because yeah. we can't read Korean or Chinese that would probably make the list of somebody who's in that space over there. I'm just, I'm just spitballing now, but it'd be really interesting to see a list that comes from, you know, a country like that who has a whole different esports ecosystem compared to the one that we operate on in the West with the EU and NA. Completely agree because we don't know and like, we don't know a lot from from you know korea or china and they are the founders of this industry to be honest it's it's a little mm -hmm. bit insulting to make something a pace like this <clears throat> having not, not a lot of people from from korea and from china the thing is that we don't really know uh who are the actual people influencing the scene in, in a step that we know it with eu and na so at the moment we said let's do it let's do an na eu and we work let's work on the on the east later on uh, definitely something super interesting for us and and a lot of people also contacted us telling and saying that we, they want to have a list related to you know to asia and i think that's going to be interesting to work on that it's going to be very cool yeah it's definitely something i'd, I'd want to take a look at just because i'm not as knowledgeable about that space and the key players in it like i go down this list and i know you know, 85 to 90 of the names, but I'm also an esports podcast host. And I would love to see a, a list from Asia. Who Who's really running Tencent? I don't really know. Um, who's Gen G? Who are behind the, the major esports organizations? Who's on their social media? Who has the biggest following? It's Uzi's massive in China, Faker's massive in Korea. What other players have transcended that besides just the League of Legends guys that go worldwide. What are the, you know, what are the best, uh, PUBG is still massive in South Korea. Who are the best South Korean PUBG players? I don't really know. And I'm learning that the, I'm seeing this as a blind spot more and more as I get more into the global world of esports. Uh, so if you ever have a, a counterpart in Asia, who could do a list like this, said it to me. I'm really interested. <laughs> I will definitely do, man. I'm really interested on that too. Yeah, imagine that. The thing is that it's not all, always only about the name and their what they do. For example, we do have current people in the list that are CEOs, for example, right, of of a tournament of, or like a, an important company in the, in the industry. If you not, are not there, if you don't know them, you're not friends with them, you're not co-workers, right, it's complicated to know if the CEO is the actual influential piece of that company. Uh, let's say, I don't know, let's say we don't have DreamHack in the moment here, but let's say DreamHack, you have the managing part, maybe somebody in the in the lines of head of communications, of head of you know partnerships, that's the real influential person driving the entire company. And only their coworkers and people around in the circle knows about this, but the, the people in general, they don't know it. And that's, I think that's the key information to display in these type of articles, to put the people that are not expected so they can learn from them and the storylines continue, right? So imagine if it's hard to do that with EU and NA, trying to do that in Asia is going to be a bit complicated. But 
Yeah, it would have been impossible for you to figure out and who actually the people were given the language barrier. So I think you did a great job. I, I think Faker is on there, but there's not a ton of representation from China. And I think that was the smart decision because you can add more value when you center it around the people that you know and the companies that you know. And so that just makes more sense for a list of this purpose. So yeah, we we're wrapping up here a little bit. I wanted to give you a chance to highlight some of your favorite entries. So you go through and people expect Ninja, people expect uh, Jacketine, the, the CEO of Cloud9. Who are some of the names on that list that you think might surprise people or people might not be familiar with? They should be. Let's see. I think that, I don't know that people won't, wouldn't be surprised with the people I would I highlighted the most here. I think that one of my favorite people on this list is Rick Fox. He's very well known. He has been through, you know, tough storylines right now at the moment. But I think he did a lot for esports and he will continue doing it. Um, people won't be surprised about that because he's a huge, huge personality in this. But that's one of my, you know, one of my my favorites. I think that I put simulations of people that are running the scene in Esports Arena and Arlington Stadium. I think those are really cool. Um, I saw interviews from them, which is, um, you know, for example, the president of Arlington Arena, which is Jonathan Althon. It's just a little, it's a couple of peaks, you know, a couple of peaks that, that not a lot of people think about, but but they're making changes to the industry. They're making progress. They're they're hoping for the best. And, and I really wanted to highlight that, you know, it's obviously my, you know, the person, the people that influence me the most are not these people that I'm saying, but, you know, people like, I don't know, Red Eye or, you know, team owners that have been forever. Those are the people that influenced me the most at the beginning. But today I wanted to highlight it those people you know i want to highlight the people that are hustling today to make it better yeah that's a that's an interesting point i'm looking through the list again right now just to to see it and it's it's so varied and there's definitely just a lot of like i learned a lot about some of the most important dota 2 players so if you're somebody who wants to know more about the esports industry if you're a student who's wants to enter this industry this list is a great place to start. And if you're trying to come over into esports, you need to know these people. It was something that, you know, I entered the space. I was in the traditional sports world in school and was like, I was also competing in two different esports for my college. It's like, I'm going to, I want to jump full force into being an esports, you know, host, an esports writer. And I started and it took me a little while, but I realized what I need to do before I do any work in this space is learn and go back in time and figure out who the most important players are, because these names are going to come up to you if you enter this space and you need to know who you're talking about. So the most important thing to do when you enter esports is know who's running the industry. And I really think this list is a great place to start that research process of figuring out what you need to know about esports. Yeah, that's right. It's a great place. I think uh, I would enjoy this list and and you know this research 
when I was just entering into the industry in order to save me time of research and, and looking around and asking. It just gives you a little bit of a head start. It does. It does. And, you know, these names are going to come up and it's so important to know about the entire space. And it's also going to be very important to read your next list coming out, which will be about the founders of eSports, because those, you know, knowing about where this industry came from, who brought it to this point. Uh, I see I see Sir, Sco Sir Scoot's always fighting with like bad team owners on Twitter. And people are like, uh, it was like with the denial stuff, the denial wasn't paying players. Like, who even is this guy? I'm like, if you're asking that question, you're messed up. You don't, you don't understand the space. You need to, just because he doesn't have what his old role was in his Twitter bio, you need to know that about this space. If you're going to become a team owner, like this was a guy who was running a team. It was the dude from Money Matches. I can't remember his name right now. I don't really want to give it plug right now, but he wasn't paying his <laughs> players. They had to shutter it. And he was like, who even is this guy? I'm like, wow, if you don't know that, you did not do your research on the history of esports. Um, he was okay. one of the more influential guys in the earlier days of CSGO. And you really should know that, man, yeah. as you're trying to compete in Call of Duty, which was a game whose esports scene is largely... Uh, that built up off of the success. CSGO was the first FPS game. Call of Duty was second in the old Counter-Strike, I should say. It was the first esports game. Call of Duty came after. So know your roots. That's an important piece of knowledge in esports. Um, Franco, yeah, that was everything I wanted to ask you about. Thank you so much for taking the time. Was there anything else you wanted to say about the list? Maybe anything we didn't cover that you really wanted to, to talk about? No, I guess uh, I think that I just wanna just wanted to follow up real quick into what you, you were saying. It's as a final thought that no matter you know no matter who you are trying to get into the industry, if you're a student trying to get a, a entry job or you are a, a, an investor trying to put a lot of money into the industry, you don't know where yet. Doesn't matter the profile. Just remember that there's a lot of people that has been already working in this industry there there figures and leaders in it like people a lot of people from this list that you can communicate with them you can you know let them help you let them they're accessible all these people are very accessible at least most of them it's an accessible and helpful uh, industry i think that's one of the biggest and po most positive things it have it has and just you know try to get into a humble way and and know that everybody here can help you out don't just make crazy decisions like <laughs> some of the ones that Sir Scott's, you know, likes to <laughs> likes to point out. But it's he is right in some sense, you know. It's uh, if there's people that has been working in the industry for a long time, it's because they did their job before, and everybody has mistakes. But um, get into the industry, get help, get the people, and keep going. Run it. Yeah. We, you get welcomed into the esports industry with open arts. If you do, if you know your roots and you're smart and you want to add value to the esports space, you're going to see very little resistance from anybody in the esports community. Uh, it's been nothing good to me since I entered, mainly because I did that research. If I came in, I didn't know who Sir Scoots was. I would have been blasted, rightfully so. But, you know, one of the first things I did, like you mentioned, being accessible. 
I randomly just reached out to Red Eye. I read his book on shoutcasting. That's what I thought I wanted to do. And I reached out to him. I was like, really enjoyed the book. Thought it was, and we, we had a little conversation. I'm entering esports. What should I know? And he gave me some helpful advice. Yeah. It, it can't hurt to reach out. You know, Ninja might not respond to your Twitter DM, but a lot of these people have the time and are willing to offer some advice, offer some wisdom. If you come into a place of, hey, I want to learn more about this, you're an expert. Can you can you help me? Can you give me five minutes? And they'll be very receptive to it. So yeah, check this list out. If you find some people on there, it doesn't hurt to shoot them a DM. Or and it definitely doesn't hurt to follow almost everybody on this list who is of interest to you because that will just make your timeline. You'll learn so much more about esports through osmosis, just going through your timeline, seeing what people are talking about in the esports industry. And you know, if you start with these 100 people, you're gonna have a very comprehensive view of esports from CEOs to players to casters. Yeah, I love this list. Uh, if you want to check it out, I'm putting it in the description below. Also sign up for Weekly GG's newsletter. comes out every Friday. I'm looking forward to reading it tomorrow. And be on the lookout for that new articles they're working on. You know, these take a long time. So I, I don't know if, Franco, I don't know if you have a timeline you could share with me. But, uh, yeah, be on the lookout for that article when it comes out. Yeah, definitely. We're trying to make, so we don't, we don't want to really put a, a timeline on it yet. We're very communicative, communicative with the timelines with our newsletter. But on the articles, once we're different articles have different amount of job of work on it, so we don't have the timeline yet on it. But but we'll be we'll be communi- we'll be good with communication on that later on. Yeah, take your time. It's better to to have that comprehensive list with different bios. Uh, I told this to everybody. If you could take an extra day or two or three, take it yeah. because your work's going to get better as a result. So love to hear it. I can't wait to read the new one. Thank you so much for joining the podcast. Uh, going to send this one live pretty soon. So for our listeners, you heard this conversation from like two hours ago. No, No delay on this one. Thank you for having me. This was great. It was very fun. Uh, thank you so much for getting on. I know you have a meeting in 10 minutes, so I will let you go, and I'm wrapping up the podcast right now.